Welcome to the Hands-On Business Podcast. I'm glad you can join us. The aim of this podcast is to chat to business leaders from different industries and different disciplines to discuss what it takes to succeed in business and for them to give their experiences of how to accelerate business success. Now, they're going to give us tips and tricks and strategies to do that. So it's effectively a interview podcast. However, every so often I'll do what I call my business bites, which is me musing for a short while on topics that have caught my interest. So hopefully what you're going to gain from this podcast series is things that you can implement into your business directly, which will improve your business outcomes. But also what I want to do is make sure I've got entertaining guests on so that you have a lot of fun along the way. So with that in mind, today's guest is Dr. John Oder, the ultimate business growth strategist, business keynote speaker, and best-selling author. And he's going to talk to us about the nine mistakes that every business is making that cost them millions. Welcome back to another episode of the Hands-On Business Podcast. Delighted that you can join us again today. As always, really looking forward to speaking to our next guest. Now, today, however, we've got something a little bit more special, someone coming in from a different continent. And this particular guest has been featured as a guest on Open Friends, interviewed by Maya Angelou, ABC Television, and has also served as a radio host on the PBS online radio with his own personal development show. Now, PBS, for those of you not from America, is effectively the closest thing that you can get in the US to the BBC that we have here in England. So welcome, Dr. John Odder. Is is that how to pronounce your name, John? Dr. John John Odder? Odder. That's it. Absolutely. It's simple. Outcome, desire, and act as if. Perfect. (laughs) So thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. And thank you very much for joining us. I'm really, really looking forward to this. So today we're going to talk about the nine mistakes every business is making that cost them millions. So before we start, I just want to get in, into it a bit. You know, tell me a bit more about your journey. You know, you've been on Oprah and Friends. You've been, you know, on ABC. You've had your own personal development tele, uh, program, your development show, sorry. So tell me about your journey. How, how have you got to that, that, to that particular stage that's a great question. So I grew up in a little small city called Michigan City, Indiana. It's 45 miles west of Chicago. And I grew up in a family of 10. So I'm eight of 10. Right. So I have six sisters and three brothers. But growing up, I had a severe stuttering problem. I couldn't speak. I couldn't say my name. I was very shy. And I remember specifically or um, um, the nun, I went to a private school. Right. So we all went to private school. Uh, Catholic schools. And I remember going to the private school and I was in first grade playing with some crazy animals and stuff. And the nun said, you know, John, I want to see, I want to see your mother. And, you know, I said, okay, not a problem. So I told mom, mom said, you know, hey, you know, the sister want to see you. And my mom was a midnight nurse. So mom said, not a problem. So she came about three days later uh, and then I was there. So, and then, you know, grownups was talking. I said, do I leave? Cause you know, back in my house, we need to leave. Right. But she says, no, 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 stay. Okay, cool. So she said, you know, John's a good kid. He's really nice, but we think he's retarded and he would never graduate eighth grade. Now, my mom, imagine this is back in the 70s. Mom had my, my mom had the Afro strong black woman. And my mom said, listen to me, if John leave, 
we all, they all, it's we had in grade school and high school. Now she said, well, we think that, that he should go to Garfield. It's right down the street, you know, little small bus. And he, as, as he can be in a special place only for him. Mom said, no, we're not doing that. Again, though, if John leave, I'm taking them all out. And of course, you know, it's, you know, it's economics money. And of course, you know, I'm number eight. So seven of them went through, you know, and we were, and the, we were the first black Catholic family in the whole school. So then they said, okay, John can stay. I said, yes, we won. We had stipulations. I had to take speech therapy. And I went to the speech therapist and Mr. Anderson, nice guy, right? He says, John, my name is Mr. Anderson. I am a stutterer. When you introduce yourself, I want you to do the exact same thing. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm embarrassed. My friends don't stutter. No one stutter except for me. And you're gonna tell me, hi, my name is John, I stutter? I don't see people saying, hi, my name is John, I have cancer. I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Then he says, well, John, when you wanna speak and just say, if the word is dog, and you're gonna stutter, say dog. I said, if I speak like that, I'm going to be retarded. And I went to speech therapy for four or five years. Honest with you, it didn't really do much for me, but you had to follow through. The following year in first grade, I was back in first grade again. And I said, okay, why am I back in first grade? And, and they said, we don't know why. So we had first and second grade combined classes, right? And they were saying, John, oh, duh, you're so stupid. You're back in first grade again. And, and you know how kids can be, right? Yeah, it was amazing. It was. But the cool thing about it is I had an older brother about 18 months apart. Ben didn't have that stuff. Ben was said, I don't worry about it, man. So by the grace of God, and let me explain to you, it took me 28 years to get over it. I had low self-esteem. I had anger. I was fighting every day until the age of 18. People would tease me. I'd fight them. That was my solution. It was the wrong solution, of course, but that was what I was doing. What I did was I went to an Anthony Robbins seminar, UPW. Well, first I went to the business one, right? Then I went to the UPW. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I could understand what's going on. Tony said, listen to me. I even stuttered. He says, and then my thinking is, the reason why I stutter is because I'm a genius. <laughs> That's the key. I'm a genius. There's so much stuff going through. I'm trying to figure out what to say. And of course, it get a little muscle. I get it now. But what he taught me was a stuttering was an interruption pattern. So for example, if you take a CD and you play it, it plays the same way. If you take that same CD and stretch it and play it, it doesn't play the exact same way. So I had to interrupt my pattern. When I did that, man, voila. It reduced by 90 freaking percent. I'm like, I went to speech therapy for four and five years, went, went in high school a little bit, and nothing happened. You give me a breathing technique, a simple breathing technique, and I'm done. So that's how it started. So being from a family of 10 is hard. I had a brother that was a rock star. He was good looking. He, straight A student, he was a basketball player. And every time I was compared to him. So I had to pick a field that he was not in. So I went for psychology and business because he was not doing that. Because I, mother and 
I believe that my mom and dad loved me the most. That's just my belief system, right? But I found out the secret. If you do well, they love you, they love you even more. So my outcome was like, wait a minute. I get love. I'm the favorite. Let me be the best of the best, right? So, of course, as a kid, I would do extra things. But then my dad and mom said that the more you learn is the more you earn. I like that concept. So I said, okay, I got it. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, and I know I'm not even right now. I'm not the smartest. I'm the most persistent. I figure out a way how to pass every class. So in college, I was going to the professors and said, so why would you teach this class? He said, well, because here's what people, they got to know. When you go to college, you take a course, just say math. Every teacher is going to teach you a completely different way. So when I went to the teacher and asked him, you know, why are you teaching it? And every 10 hours, gain more rapport with them. And they start telling me everything. I'm like, okay, cool. And I would go to the crazy uh, math sciences and go to then, and they liked me. And even if I was between a D and a C, guess what happened? I got that C. And guess what? It was one. But I figured out back then uh, what to do. So I started, and of course, I, I went to college. And I started studying, uh, then I started doing psychology. And in my psychology field, right, so I used to do groups for uh, parents and teens, right, and then adolescents. This is where I learned a lot of my stuff from because I was shy. And, and, that, and when I first started, I was stuttering still, right? But it gave me the confidence because I was around kids and I was trying to teach them. So my first group, they, uh, oh, they told me I suck. I need to go back to the midnight shift because I shouldn't be on day shift teaching. And of course, I'm a little bit, I'm persistent. So that's not going to happen. So I start going through like a neuro-linguistic programming and different stuff. And I started learning more stuff and bringing it back to the group. So most of the, most of the therapists do like one and two groups a week. I was doing four groups a day for 12 years. I became, man, I became the man. I became outstanding. We would have stuff. Groups would last like an hour. Mine would last three hours. And these kids just like, <laughs> and they were just like, wow, what are you teaching? Because it was the energy, it was the passion, it was the excitement. And then when I went to Tony Robbins seminar, right, I met a guy named Joseph McClendon III. Joseph was Anthony Robbins' head trainer, and he still is. And by, by the grace of God, we connected. And when we connected, oh, my God, he started showing me stuff and started teaching me stuff about business and about everything else. And he's telling me how much he's making. I'm like, man, you make what God makes a year. I mean, a month. I mean, he was making 25, 30,000 a day for speaking. And I'm like, man, I said, that's amazing. So I knew I had to work on my skill set. I started working with them. I started working on the skill set and figuring out what's going on. I said, I have a client like this. What do I do? Well, you do this, you do that, you do that. I'm like, hey, I, I know how to do this one. And my skill set got amazing. I started doing one session therapy sessions. People would come in with anything. I didn't care. Give me one session. Give me two or three hours. You're done. It got that phenomenally great. But then I started doing the mental health part because it's really needed. I started doing business. Because here's the thing about business, right? Business is phenomenal. But we still have people that have challenges going on, right? So the reason why I got on like Oprah and Friends is because I wrote a book called Connecting with Your Teen. And it was dedicated to my grandmother. And I explained to her, and she's talking about grandmothers. And I said, this is a great way to get in the hair. So I wrote about my grandmother, X, Y, and Z, and she had me on the show. Now, 
You're going to think I'm retarded when I say this. I didn't know who Maya Angelou was at the time, which was, which was really the beautiful thing. I read about it. I'm like, okay, I'm like, okay, then she write books. Who cares? Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we're on the show and she, and she said it. Okay. We only had 15 minutes on the show with her. I said, okay, that's cool. So we were talking and talking, man, you you know, we talked for 45 minutes. And she said, oh, my God, your energy, your excitement, your experience is so great. We need you on my foundation. And I said, yeah, let me know anytime. And, and then I looked her up. I said, yeah, I was talking to this lady called Maya Angelou. People go, the Maya Angelou? I'm like, I don't know, just Maya Angelou. I looked her up. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I didn't know I was talking to her, right? But sometimes it's nice not to know who you're speaking to then you can be yourself and you can be authentic, right? So I found out that, listen to me, I am a little bit, my energy level is through the roof. I'm a little bit crazy and wild, but that's just who I am. So I just owned who I was. So I, I worked with adolescents and teens and schizophrenia and bipolar, but it all works out in the business field. So I just combined all my skills. So I gave you a long story, but that's just who I am. And Coming from a family of 10, man, I'm going to tell you one small thing. It is the most amazing thing in the world. Let me tell you why. As a kid, you become a practical psychologist because they're all freaking crazy. They're all crazy, right? Except for me, just them, right? But here's the cool thing about it. When they graduated college, my thinking was, if those idiots can do it, so can I. I mean, really? So they're graduating college, having kids, having businesses. I'm like, wait a minute, they can't be that smart. And when I saw my peers in school, right, there are doctors and lawyers, but there are also people that are nice. And it's a little bit strange. In the Midwest, there's a lot of racism. It's black and white, right? And Orange County is money, so it's completely different racism, right? <laughs> but, but the people were so nice. They're so kind because you wanted to educate yourself. And that's why... I'm a sponge when it comes to education. I love education because, as I says, the more you learn is the more you earn. So, well, we, we, we're going to get into a lot of that in a minute. And, I, and I'm just, I've just listened to your story, which is obviously fascinating getting onto Oprah, you know, just stuttering and getting to a within a year with Anthony Robbins, which, which resonates with me because I, I love Anthony Robbins because my, when I was, I'm, I'm one of three actually, so much smaller. My brother, um, we've always been competitive. He's six years older than me. And I remember him telling me many, many years ago how he did this firewalk. He didn't tell me it was Anthony Robbins at the time. He just told <laughs> me he did, a, he, did, he did this firewalk. And ever since he told me, I thought, I can't believe he's doing it. I've got to do it. I've got to. And then I remember I was, I was um, a sales director in an organization. And one of my friends said, oh, Anthony Robbins is coming to town. He's doing his last ever conference, which obviously it wasn't, but his last ever conference. And, uh, you know, he's going to do firewalk. And I said, right, put me down. And I did that firewalk, and it's like it's just a, it's like a four day seminar. I think I've been twice it is, now. I it's four days, and yes. it was it was transformative in terms of the way I saw, in terms of the way I planned, in the way I out, had an outlook on life. I've always been a positive person. I've always, I think, had that same similar type of outlook. But I think he 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 channels it because he's just very so focused in the way to do it. Uh, so so one of my questions that's coming. But you out know there, what though? But let me explain. You can laugh yeah. about this. I went to UPW thirty six times already. <laughs> Every time I had a crisis, I went to UPW. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me because I remember I remember going, and then on the, on day one because you know us Brits are very reserved. 
uh, and everyone's chanting, and I'm sitting there thinking, what on earth is going on here? This is ridiculous. By day four, you're completely in the zone. You're chanting, you're there, you're, you're visualising, you're doing everything. Yes. And in fact, because he did the... Um, he was signing up people for... Um, I can't remember what it's called anyway, but it's in like Honolulu or whatever. And oh, I was it was mastery. It was probably yes. a life mastery. That was it. And I was I was just about to pay my friend said, just a minute. He said, just come away from there. He said, uh, he said, he said, because he knows my wife very well. He said, your wife is not going to thank me for bringing you into this course. And then you're, you're laying down 20 grand or however much it was, you know, when you were very skeptical when you first came. Now you're a believer. But it, it, it's absolutely anything that he, he's doing. I can't get enough of it. So, so the interesting thing, there's two things that came out of, my, of what you just said there. So the first one was, um, why do you think that so many people don't have that outlook? Because I have that outlook as well. That when I was younger, I used to look at people, if, and my view was, well, they're human beings, so if they can do it, why can't I do it? And that's just what you articulated. But there's so many people that don't have that outlook. And I'm just wondering... What, what, what is it that, that gives people that outlook that can actually make you a positive person, that can allow you to really see challenges and think, well, someone else has overcome it, so I can? I believe it's your environment. Your environment dictates everything. So I'll give you a great example. When you plant an, when you plant an acorn, what comes up? Yeah, no, no tree. tree. Yeah. When you plant an apple tree, what comes up? An apple tree. Why do it come up? It's the environment, right? So your environment's going to dictate what's taking place. My environment was, I'm number eight. I saw all my siblings graduate college. They went on to their master's. Some of them got their PhDs, right? And I'm like, I have a sister that does a music for gospel, for like gospel music, right? And so when she, when she had her first gospel music on, I said, I need to come up as with the book. Because nobody wrote a book, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so in 2006, I wrote a book. And they was like, my friend said, man, John, you can't write that well. I said, I figured out a way of how to make this happen. And I wrote the book. It was edited 10,000 times. I didn't care. My outcome was to beat my sister. But of course, in a positive way, right? But, yeah. it, but your environment dictates everything. That's why I tell people, if you're in business, if you're in the everywhere, get around somebody that's better. Someone just living your life amazing because just for you to be in that group, you have to go there. Yeah. It's a must to be there. Right. So all my friends, I'll tell you, some of my friends are richer, a lot richer. They are, well, they're not better looking because I'm really a handsome guy. So that's <laughs> not it. Right. They can have a better body. Right. I mean, but I want to hang around people that's better than I am right? That's smarter. Uh, that's going to raise my levels up, right? To that next level. Looks wise, they'll never get to my looks at all. <laughs> the, and they'll never get to my pers- they'll never get to my persistence to never quit. I, because I don't believe in failure until you stop. Yeah. So I figure out a way. I'll come up with a way, but it's my environment, right? So growing up, we had a garden. I should have said we had 11 kids. That was my dad kid right there. We had a garden. <laughs> Right. And with that garden, man, it was we daddy planted seeds and some seeds didn't grow. But the seeds that was growing, man, he was talking to him, say, son, do you see these mustards? Mm, I'm going to eat them. <laughs> yeah, I don't see nothing, baby. Oh, baby. Wait, about another week or two. They're going to come up. Week or two, they did come up. Right. 
because that was the environment. And that was, and, and that was the environment that I've seen growing up. So my goal was to find that same environment that made my family grow that I grow. Now, I'm nice and friendly to everybody. Friendly, joke around. I hang out with just certain people. Who, who's going to raise my standards up higher? Who's going to pull me to that next level? That's how you succeeded. So for you, you, you had a brother. He went to Tony Robbins seminar. He must be successful as heck. Yeah. Because in your country, you guys are a little bit reserved. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, don't get mad at me when I'm saying that. It's a tad bit reserved, right? And yeah. when you can go in an environment like a Tony Robbins, oh, my, you don't know what the hell is that guy's going to do. And, you know, he started off nice. Then you say, man, is he a truck driver? Or is he a damn motivational speaker, right? Yeah. But, but, but even when he comes, it's just a pattern interruption. That's all it is. Yeah, no. Wow, you say that? Really? Oh, okay, we got it now. Okay, so it's all your environment, man. And your environment is going to dictate your life. I think that's, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you, you because I had a father similar to yours, actually, and I think that's, my dad had always told me, uh, and, I, and I think God, certainly when you come to England as a Nigerian immigrant in the 60s, 70s, then you have to have that positive mental attitude to survive. Uh, so my dad always brought me up as, if they can do it, you can do it. There's no reason for you not to be able to do it. And I think what you just said there is, is critical for anyone to, to really take home is, if you want to be successful, hang around with more successful people than you. Because you get so many people who don't want to, ha- they want to be the most successful person in the group. And it's like, if you're the most successful pe- person in the group, what are you learning? To me, I'm always trying to look at everybody else and say, well, how can I get to that level? And I'll give you an example. So I watched this video, and it's a 74-year-old guy. You, you may well have seen. He's on. He's an American guy. He's on. Um, he's in like in the bet part, and he's doing calisthenics. Uh, and, and he he looks. You can tell he's 74, but his body looks like a 25-year-old. And I watched that video, and I started calisthenics in January because I just thought, well, if he can do it, there's no reason why I can't do it. And if he's still doing that at 74. Why can't I do that at 74? Uh, and then people go, oh, no, Hakeem, you don't want to be that you're getting a bit old for that. And I'm thinking, look, he's 74. So he's doing it and he's enjoying it and, he's, and it's enriching his life. Why can't I do it? So I, th- I think that's a real critical point, actually. And there's one small thing about age, right? I have to tell you about age, right? So growing up, my parents was always older than most of my other friends' parents, right? Because, you know, you know so age to me is two things, mindset and energy. Since I went to Tony Robbins at 28, I always used to call, call myself 28 years young. <laughs> I never call myself old, never old. I looked at my picture 28 years old, looked the exact same way. Body have changed here and there, COVID. <laughs> I don't like you, but it changed, but it's getting better again, right? Because, man, I train six days a week, right? And then I do the sauna and you know, on like the seventh day, right? But it's energy and mindset. Now, when you're blessed with getting older, and that's a blessing. Hopefully, you have more wisdom and knowledge. Some of them, some people don't really get the wisdom and knowledge, right? But it's all about mindset. So if you say that, um, whatever your age, 40 years old, well, guess what? You're going to be old. Because everything you, is, is your thoughts, your words, and your actions is going to be create what you are. So I tell myself, I am 
whatever age I am, well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm proud of my age. I'm 58 years young, and I'm a wow. freaking genius. <laughs> That's it. So I go to, to, to the gym, and these guys say, hey, Big John, are you sure you're 58? Yeah. Where's your wrinkles? I said, I told you, man, I'm 58 years young. There's no old in my day. There's no old in my speech. My father, I didn't know that he was old until 87 when he got sick. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was, I didn't, my, my dad would walk, you know, he would do the garden still, would walk 10, 15 miles, ride his bike. He was the most active guy in the world. He, he still had that vibrant, he had that spirit. I'm like, and even when he got sick and he said, baby, I'm doing okay. Baby, I'm doing a hundred. And I know he was in pain, right? Mm-hmm. Baby, I'm doing a hundred. His mindset never changed even in crisis. So to me, age is only mindset and energy. I meet people who are, who are 80 who act like they're 40. I met the guys at the gym, man, they're 80 years old. They're, man, they're ripped, right? I meet guys who's 21 who act like they're 60. Yeah. No freaking energy. And I'm like, yeah, I said, guys, we're at the gym. If you don't have the endorphins right now at the gym, I hate to see you at home. <laughs> You're probably bored as hell. <laughs> Is that, is that, so is that mindset always been yours or is, is something that when you went to the Tony Robbins seminar, that, what, what were the insights you got from there that maybe you didn't have before? So the mindset had been there because I was watching my parents, but I didn't hmm. know how they got that mindset. And of course, you know, as we're Catholic, so I read the Bible, I did the Rosaries the whole nine yards, right? But when I went to Tony Robbins seminar, it completely changed it. So you know how he does all those incantations, right? Yes. Did you know that I still do them every day for about an hour or two? Every day? Yeah. I do I'll them in the morning the time. I still do I, the hour of power. I mean, I, so I do, the, I do them in the morning time. When I wake up, I pray. I, mean, I, 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 I do my ritual. Then every two hours, I do my incantations. Before the show, I did about 20 minutes of them. I wanted to be pumped up and excited, guys. I mean, <laughs> because, because it's all about energy level, right? Yeah. Right? So, and I wanted to be in state, right? It's almost like when I used to play basketball. If I'd play a, a Michael Jordan and not really in a great state, he'll blow past me and make me look like a damn punk, right? Yeah. I don't want to do that. I, had, I have to be an energy level, right? And there's so many people who don't do that. I'm like, guys, if you're playing sports, what would you do? Well, well, well I get ready. Well, you're going to work. Uh, as you're in your business, don't you get ready for that? Well, no, it just come. I'm like, well, that's a problem. Mindset, mindset to me is everything, man. Tony said that he went from three thousand dollars to a million dollars in one year because he did. He was doing his incantations forty-five minutes a day straight, mm. and he demanded it from his subconscious mind. You read "Think and Grow Rich," chapter four, yeah. auto suggestion. They mention that no, they don't say incantations. Well, they say auto suggestion, but you need to say it with feelings and emotions to get to the subconscious mind. A lot of people don't do that. They say, well, that's not me. Man, if it's going to make you money, if it's going to get you where you want to be at that next level, guess what? You better, you better start adopting it. Because yeah, I think it grow rich was written by people who already done it. So Andrew Carnegie, people have never read the book. Surprising, but people have. As Andrew Carnegie had already the principles, but he never put them in action. He talked to Napoleon Hill and he convinced him to, to do it for 20 years. The richest man in the world. So imagine you're working for Elon Musk and he's a, making $100, $200 billion. And you say, listen to me, I'm going to work you for 20 years. I'm not going to give you any money at all, but I'm going to hook you up with all my friends. And you're going to interview him and see if these principles work. 
How many folks would do that? <laughs> yeah, not many. No, I would. Said, <laughs> but but he said, "Hey, let's do it. I'm down." And he wrote "Think and Grow Rich," and he wrote another. Was it 15, 20 books? Was amazing as well. But "Think and Grow Rich" had to the next level, man, because he wrote about five hundred people who made it, like John D. Rockefeller. Mm. He wrote about um Albert Einstein and Henry Ford, right? He wrote about these things because it was about mindset. I read every day. Think and Grow Rich, chapter eight or nine, depends on what book of that you have, about persistence. I read that chapter out loud each and every day. At nighttime, I read auto-suggestion mm. because I want to condition my mind. So when I go to bed at nighttime, I'm good. I'm good because I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about what's the next level for me and how to get there. So on that point, because obviously you, you, you've got, as, as can be seen very clearly, a lot of energy. You've got the mindset. You've focused on certain areas such as business growth and peak performance. So what made you decide to focus on those specific areas? Because energy is everything, right? And if you don't have it, you're lacking something. The people don't want mm. to be around. Man, I go to a place, right? Literally go to a store and talk to people and they tell me their whole problems. Everyone says, do you know this guy? No, I just met him. Well, why do you like him? Energy level, man. It, 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 it's it's up there, right? And energy to me when I was in basketball, right? I was, I was, man, I was an energized bunny. I used to, man, I was pumped up and excited and talking nothing but crap the whole game. <laughs> the whole game. They said, man, said, hey, tell Oda to shut up. That's all he's doing is talking. I, man, I didn't care. And business growth, right? For every business, they need to grow. I talked to so many companies, they've been stagnated. They only grow 5% or 10%. I'm like, wow. So you don't have the right blueprint. Or you, or you don't have the right strategy. Your business should grow at least. It depends on the size, at least double. If you get, you know, when you get 30, 40, 50, 60 million dollars, even is of a, that should double because a lot of people are not doing a lot of things right in their business, right? So they're doing the same model that they've been doing back in 1980 or else when the, when the business first started. Mm. You have to do things that's a little bit different. A lot of people work in their business, but not on their business. Yeah. So they do a lot of different crazy stuff, but they're not doing it on their business. Business growth to me is easy. I can grow a company easy. Is it, give me 12 months, and if they do what I say to do, it's easy. Now, when you get people who don't want to do what you want to do, and they, oh, I've, I've been doing this business, well, it's going to be a little challenging, right? But yeah. business growth is the key because there's so many businesses that stagnated. They're not growing. And I'm like, why? So, yeah. Did I answer your question? It did. And that leads me on to my next one perfectly, to the topic of the conversation. And we're going to keep circling around. So this is not a linear conversation. Okay. Where, where, when we take it off in one direction, we just go and run with it. So we talked about the nine mistakes that every business is making. So talk me mm -hmm. through those, because I, I know people will be very, very keen to know and be ticking them off and no, I'm making that one, I'm not making that one. So what are those nine business mistakes that be every, yeah. everyone's making? So the nine mistakes is, first and foremost, is the mindset, right? And if you don't have the proper mindset, if you don't do those incantations, if you don't do what you need to get done, it's not going to take place. Yeah. The next one is educational marketing. 
oh my God, guys, here it goes. Market data is way more powerful than product data. Now think about this, guys. We have, since Head Start, we've been going to school to learn, right? We learn, 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 right? Then we have this great business idea. We want to be in business. And now we try to sell somebody. Really? Why don't we educate a person? Why don't we tell them stats? Why don't we tell them pain points? Why don't we tell them these points that when it's more pain points, it's like we're cutting them open and pouring down alcohol. And now they have urgency to buy from us and move forward. And the reason why that's, that's called educational-based marketing. The next one, time management. Oh my God, you need, everybody need to be on the same time management program. But everything, so time management needs to be systemized. When you systemize your time management pro, program, your whole world changes, right? But people don't just, don't focus on time management. A lot of the businesses that I work with, they're bobbleheads. Yeah. Do you have a meeting? Yeah, I got a meeting. Oh, I got time. No, you don't. You got to get this stuff done. Oh, I'll do it later. Okay, it's going to be a challenge. Right? So when I used to work for uh, Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins, right? Time management was huge. So they would, uh, so like we only could check our emails at 10 o'clock and 4 o'clock. That's it. Because we need to focus on your time of getting stuff done. Now, if you want to grow your business, right, you have to focus on 2.5 hours on being a hunter and hunt for new clients. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that, man. They say, well, yeah, I got a website up. I'm doing the SEO and everything's fine. And I'm getting business. No, that's a great. That's another strategy, but that's fine. So time management is huge. Sales. Oh, my God, guys. Sales is the key of everybody's business, right? So a lot of times I train salespeople, right? And, and I love that. That's fun to me, right? But when I train sales it's, 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 it's people, when they hear the word no, they hear the word I'm not interested. Now, check this out. This is amazing. 48% of the people, when they hear one rejection, they stop. Excuse me, guys. This is how, this is how we make money. 20% two rejections. Right, seven percent three and five percent four. Listen to me, I don't stop until I close this deal because that's how I make my money. And here's another thing about sales folks they don't script it out. I worked mm -hmm. with a company that they had the amazing service. One guy was making forty thousand, the other guy was making five thousand. I said, So, what's the problem? Here it goes. One guy script everything out, one guy was just talking, and I'm like, Guys. Everything has to be script. Everything has to be script out. Even right now, I'm 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 reading my notes. Right? Why? Because everything should be script out. But people don't script everything out, and people don't and people don't do the hot seated. Like they practice their script, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna hot seat them so bad of that because you practice right now. Like in basketball practice, I used to practice, 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 practice. In a game, it become automatic. Right? If you don't practice with your salespeople, they're not going to get anything done. It's, it's, that just that's a really uh, critical point that I talk about all the time because I, I wrote a post about how do you become the Usain Bolt of sales, for example, and exactly what you're talking about there. Because Usain Bolt turns up, he doesn't anymore because he doesn't run anymore, but he turns up nine seconds, and everyone goes, "Oh, he's fantastic." They don't think of the four years of dedicated 
practice that he's put yes. in where he's not been doing, you know, going, go, going in and enjoying himself. He's been practicing, practicing. He turns up and then that's his eight minutes. That's, that, that's his nine seconds. And I always say, when you're in front of a customer, that's your nine seconds. But what have you, pra- what have you done to prepare yourself for that nine seconds? Most people, as you said, they don't do anything. They t- and this is, this is what really frustrates me. And this is why it's been my life's work to work with sales and marketing people. It's like people just think, oh, well, as long as you can talk, you can be a good salesperson. Now, talking helps, but you ne- it's a systemized process that you it need to really hone in and practice and practice so that when you sit in front of the customer, it looks so natural because you've practiced it, not because you're just good at talking. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I no, 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 no. And you're absolutely right. A lot of these guys say, well, I'm great in talking. And to me, sales to me is like a date, right? So I'll give you a great example. So I was in college it was one time. I met this girl. Oh, my God, she was amazing. We had fun. We connected and everything else. Then I got busy. I didn't call her up for about two weeks. So I said, hey, I forgot her name. So, Diane, this is John. John who? <laughs> this is John. Remember, we, you know, we had fun. John who? Oh, shit. And this, no, this is, no, John Oda, remember? No, I don't know who you are. Click. To me, sales is, is the exact same way. You meet a person, right? Or you meet somebody who is a prospect. And sometimes they don't buy from you that day, but you still do a follow-up with them. Yeah. Right? And people don't follow up. Now, when you follow up and when they give you your money, guess what? Woohoo! <laughs> it's beautiful now, right? Yeah. To me, it's dating, right? So when you're dating your significant other and things go well, and you know, and then like you guys do that adult fun, oh my goodness, guess what? <laughs> you're in life fun, but here's the biggest thing about it. Most guys mess up on this one. You got to still follow up. Yeah. Still take them out. Still buy them flowers. Still do things with them. Still talk to them. Why? If you don't, they're going to go to somebody and go, John, who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but it's, but it's to follow up, right? And, 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 and write this down. There's a fortune in the follow up. That's personal as well as professional life. There's a fortune in it. Yeah. But there's very few people that's going to follow up, which is sad. My next profit station is, is, is number five. It's creating a profit station. If I say, John, what's a profit station? Thanks, thanks for asking me. A profit station, we have about 25, right, that I, uh, that I came up with and created, right? The one I'm showing you about is easy one is a, is a referral program. But you know, I work with so many businesses and don't even have a referral program. I mean, that's, that, that means it's systemized. So I'll give you a great example. I was working with a doctor at his office and he had five locations, right? So I called him all up. Hey, uh, this is Coach. Just checking in. Uh, where I'm talking to Doc and, he, and I'm saying, you guys have a referral program. So out of 10 people, how many people do you ask for a referral? A couple offices, two and three and four. I think the most was four, right? We tied it all up. We figured out that he missed out on $2.7 million in three years. And here's the biggest thing about it. He won't get that back. Mm, then it's gone. It's gone. So here's the question I have. Does your business have a systemized referral program? If not, you're losing money. Yeah. Imagine we have 25 of them. My, the company that I took from 300000 to $7 million, we only use three of them. To be honest with you, she should have probably made like 15, 20 million, but you know, making 300,000 to 7 million, 
She paid off a lot of people, expanded <laughs> it, and she did a lot of stuff. And she said, I didn't feel like working. Now, when she sold the business for $10 million, she says, I should have listened to you because I could have made crazy amount of money. Yes, you could have. But hey, listen to me. You, you did great, though, right? But the, is the, what most people don't do is they focus on their business and they just run it. What I focus on, so I'm not the architecture, right? Making these beautiful buildings, you know, the, the, this building and stuff, right? I'm more what you call as a civil engineer. I look at your pipes. I look at your sewers. I look at your sidewalk. I work. I work. I work, I do the nasty work, right? But I but I build your foundation so your business can grow exponentially. Now imagine mm. we have 25 profit stations, right? Just say in one year you use 10 of them, and you get a 10x return. Most of the times, someone's going to pay you 25, some might pay you five, some might pay you eight, but you say you get 100% in all 10 of them. Guess what happened, guys? You just doubled your business. Mm. So what I tell people front, I am not the architecture. I'm the civil engineer, guys. I'm the nasty pipe guy in Seward and sidewalks. <laughs> I mean, people have been, man, folks don't want that type of stuff, but when you have a strong foundation, you can build your business on sand and still make it exposed. Yeah. So that's it. My number six one is website, SEO, the e-commerce, and um, PR media. It's all in one, right? So website is right. How is your website? Is your website more um, user-friendly? If it's more easier to actually have? Uh, is the stuff going from left to right just the way we read? Do, do you have a box for more or less um, um, a freaking opt-in, but you're going to educate them with like educational marketing stats, right? Are you doing SEO or social media? Are, are you doing it for local or doing for national, right? So there's a lot of bit, different things. Do you have e-commerce? 80% of e-commerce will fail unless you like a Zappos or eBay or maybe in a freaking Amazon for PR media, right? Are you, are, do you have a presence online? Are you writing like in a Yahoo Finance? Are you writing on a Forbes magazine or entrepreneurship? I mean, does people see your company as being that go-to person? Is that authority figure? So far, I've been on a Yahoo Finance. I've been on the New York Weekly. I'll be on like, like the Forbes and the Nasdaqs when I'm coming out is with the new book, right? So then I'll be on the rest of them that I want to be on hit more businesses, right? But the concept, guys, is you need to keep what's going on. How is your technology? How is your CRM system? Are you using Salesforce? Is, um, is your Salesforce focused on your team and I mean, focused on your business? And then if not, can you configure that to actually focus on what your business is doing? So there's so much stuff on this one that I can probably do a whole day program based on that. Yeah. Seventh one is hiring. Oh, God. Hiring's gonna lose you sixty to hundred thousand dollars. Then people go with me, but John, but John, stop. I am a I got sales guys and they get paid straight commission. Okay, you're right. So let's go with that one. You have to pay for leads, right? And if they're not trained, they're gonna blow through your leads, guys. And that's money out of your pocket. Hiring is a really cool thing. So what I do more, I when I do hiring. I turn them down. I do personality tests. I do whatever it takes. I make them jump through hoops. And here it goes. And if they cannot jump through hoops, guess what happened? I don't hire them. 
Yeah. Because I'm looking for a rock star, a superstar. I'm using, I'm looking for one of that's going to be a diamond in the rough, and they're going to kick some butt each and every way. Yeah. Right. But the hiring, and I want to hire somebody based on my culture, the culture of the business. Where do I see my business going? You know, I mean, and sometimes when you hire these rock stars, they have no freaking personality, right? It doesn't make a difference, right? You focus on their production than on their personality part. So, you, you know, anyway, so that's it. Number eight, systemizing your business. Oh, my goodness. That's a, <laughs> listen to me. Think about it. McDonald's. You go to, yeah. I went to, I've been there all over the world, right? For McDonald's, right? McDonald's is a phenomenal place. I went to one in Japan. I went to one. I've been to the UK. I've been to one in um, Dubai area. I've been all over the world. But think about this. An 18-year-old kid can run a McDonald's. Yeah. Why? Systemize. Starbucks. Why? It's systemized. Right? Does this make sense to you guys? It makes perfect sense because, I mean, every business I go into, this is a I think people think I'm a bit obsessive about systems because you always you can see them they glaze over when I'm saying well just let, let's do like this let's do it. because to my mind and I you know we 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 did, we did I did a, a podcast the other day about how you know every leader's number one goal should be almost to make themselves um, obsolete or dispensable and the way you do that is by systemizing your business so that I can go away for four weeks and I don't think oh my god. Everything's going to fall apart because I'm not there. No, no, no. I want to make sure that I can drop anyone with a brain into my business. And because it's actually systemized, they can follow, as you just said, and get an 18-year-old, put them in a McDonald's, Starbucks, wherever. They can follow the process because it's a very defined process. And that is when you know you've got a successful business as opposed to, ah, no, the CEO is not here. Right. Well, we can't do anything because he knows everything. And without him, we can't do it. No, what's the system? What's the process? So yeah, I, I'm completely on board. And, and here's a cool thing about it. We systemize your profit stations. Yes. Now you're having seven, you should have nine different ways of making money, right? So think about it. Now you have a referral program. You, now you have an upsell, downsell, yeah. right? Because sometimes it's starting off high and they want to leave you. You downsell them. Yeah. Money's money, guys. I mean, come on, really? I mean, you know, <laughs> so wait, no, wait. So if I'm charging you two thousand bucks a month and you want to leave me, hey, okay, so we can do a thousand, but we can cut off time, right? Because you want to still keep these people, right? But money's money, right? And eventually, when they, when you do X, Y, and Z, well, they'll come back again, right? But people don't see it like that. They, but they have no systems in place. Then when you systemize your, as as, as you want, as you say, your operations. Life become much more easier. Yeah, people don't do it like that. I'm looking at these people, Mike, and that's why it's so easy. To, it's, it's so easy for me to grow a business. They're not doing nothing right. <laughs> I worked with this this place, this this company, making a half million dollars, a half a billion dollars a year. I'm telling you, I don't even know how they made that money, but their service was so great. People just buying them. They had no systems in place at all. But when we systemize the whole business, the business was doing a billion dollars plus. Yeah, because they're not doing nothing right, and most companies are not doing nothing right, and that's beautiful because that's when they can grow. Yes, the great Jay Abraham, I love Jay to death. Mm. Great Jay Abraham said, "There's only three ways to grow a business: get more clients, 
is number one, right? Num, num, is, is number two, charge more money. Yeah. And, num, and number three, a frequency of purchase. So if they're coming one time a year, now they're coming twice a year. Guess what? Your business just grew 33%, right? Dentists, right? And here's, here's how they messed up from the dentist's point of view. They feel they have teeth is cleaning twice a year, right? If you only go once a year, a dentist just lost 50% of their business. Yeah. But again, though, those are the only way to grow a business. And then from there, you just build around of how to be, of how to, how to create your systems to grow your business. Business is easy. People make it so freaking hard. <laughs> to make it hard. I mean, that char- the charge more money one is a fascinating one because I, I always say to people that and people always seem to have a real difficulty to increase the prices. And I can't remember who told me, but when I was very young, they said every year, just a standard, put your prices up by some a, a certain percentage. He said, because people then get into the habit of it. And if you're giving good value, nobody minds. And it's interesting because you look at places like utilities. Utilities don't think twice about putting your price up. They put your price up, that's it. Today, today it's X, tomorrow it's Y, and you pay it. But in business, people start saying, oh, but if I put my price up, I'm going to lose the customer. I'm, like, I'm thinking, no, if, you, if you've got a relationship and they like what you're selling, and, they, and as you've just said, you've got the pain points, you've got the marketing, education, so people can see the value of what you're doing, they'll pay more for it because Absolutely. they're used to doing it. Absolutely. And, but people don't get it. People, mm. I mean, no, here it goes. In the States, since August, our prices of food went up six, about 50%. Yeah, same here. I mean, it went crazy. And guess what? They didn't have no problems doing it. Our gas prices, $6. <laughs> yeah. six fifty for premium in freaking Orange County. Yeah. Are you guys kidding me? Really? <laughs> Two months, three, four months ago, it was $4. And I thought that was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but they're doing it, right? But if you're adding value and... If you're the only place in town, guess what? They're going to go to you. Hey, yeah. look, we got to drive. We got to yeah. eat. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so yeah. No, I like that. Okay. And number nine? I think I had nine there, didn't I? Uh, uh, oh, did you? Hang on. Let me go through. One, two, uh, three, systemizing four, your business was the last six, one. I put out number eight. Eight, nine. Okay. So I said mindset, ed- educational marketing, time management, sales, Creating profit stations, website, hiring, systemizing your business. Oh, I missed one. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the, that, 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 that's the exclusive, folks. It's gone from nine to eight, but it doesn't matter because you gave it, to be honest, you gave us so many in number six. Matter of fact, yes. So in number six, I gave three of them. So yeah, you did. You, get, you gave three. three. Yes. So you probably, you, probably got, you probably actually got more than nine, actually. But there. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. But okay. So, so the, even if you didn't, and, I, and I'll, put, I'll post this little se- section separately as well, even if you don't listen to anything else and you didn't think you got any value, I don't know how you could possibly listen to this not think you got value. If you just listen to the nine, well, there's more than nine, there's about 11. But if you listen to the nine, you know, things that people are doing and you just start going through them and try to understand them, obviously, you know, we haven't finished yet. Well, obviously, we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to give um, some goodies away. We're going to give you a link uh, in, in, in this podcast so that you can actually get hold 
uh, of Dr. John and actually get a discount on some of his services because I think as you go through, you can see that an hour is not enough to get to where you want to get to. You know, this is like a little, it's not even a taster, I don't know what you describe it as. <laughs> it's like a little scratching of the service, surface that shows you that actually John knows what he's talking about when it comes to growing businesses. If you want to really get into it, then you need to have a, a proper conversation with him and, and sign up for some of his coaching services. Because if you want to take, as he just said, 300,000 to 7 million, you know, half a billion to a billion, wherever you're sitting in that vein, if you want to grow your business, which I think most of us do, otherwise you wouldn't be watching this, then you need to be getting on to John. So I'm going to give you those details shortly. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because, you know, I always ask this question because I find it very interesting. What is your superpower? If you, if you could define it and distill it and say, right, what? Because there's lots of people who say, I grow businesses, I do X, Y, and Z. What have you got? What's your one superpower that no one else has? I have a pleasing personality. I can get along with anybody. And I can motivate them to make a change inside their lives, right? Working in the mental health foot for so long and doing what I've been doing for so long, people is easy for me, man. I figure out what's going on. And, I, and, I'm, and I, a lot of times your boss can't work with them. I can work with them. It's easy. Figure out what's going on, easy. So, and I can, then I can pull them toward that next level of where they need to be at. Because everybody have a different vibration. For me, being around 10 siblings, it's amazing, right? Even, so let's go back to my sales process. I forgot about this, right? Yeah. I have six sisters, right? They have friends. I thought my name was No. <laughs> I am so serious. I thought my name was No. Walk up to him, No, No. I'm like, really? And my brother, we're 18 months apart. He wasn't. He's not better looking than me. He's a little short little guy, right? I'm six foot six, right? <laughs> I'm six foot six, probably about uh, back then, maybe about 225. Now I'm a little bit heavier, but that's okay. You know? But here it goes. He didn't get no's. But I'm going to tell you why. The difference between sales. My brother Ben would go for 100 people and he until he got that one. Mm. I would, two or three people, they say no. I'm done for the whole night, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so the biggest is difference was he didn't hear the word no. I heard the word no all the time, and I was done. So I teach my salespeople to be like my brother Ben. Ben didn't, he didn't hear no. He didn't hear anything. He, my brother had one outcome. He, he's going to find somebody regardless. My outcome, I get two or three, four people, man, I'm done. The whole night, I'm like, because it was more internal than like, Forget it, man. If she said no, but now in business is the, is the exact same way. I, I, I don't hear the word no. I hear the word yes, right? And that's why some of those stats of I gave you, I'm as 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 I'm the guy who never quits. I'm like, yeah. I, need to, I need to figure out a way, right? But you know, yeah. But uh, did it answer your question? Yeah, no doubt, definitely answered the question. So you know, we, we we're we're going to wrap up now. Uh, but the thing is, I probably need about five hours really to do this because I've got so many unanswered questions, so many things I want to talk to you about, uh, but <laughs> time has beaten us, but I'm sure, I'm hoping that we might be able to do a follow-up session at some point in the future. Absolutely. But, but so I suppose, just give me one or two little gems that you'd want people to be left with in terms of, right, if you want to grow your business, we've got the nine steps, so everyone's clear on that, and if you want to know more about it, you're going to have to hit us up. And uh, you know, get get uh, sign up for them coaching. But if there's one or two little gems, you said right, do these things, um, 
and then and then you're going to be on the way. You're going to get on the steps to get to where you need to get to. What would they be? First, change your environment. It's huge yes. one. And stay away from negative people. Uh huh. Um, because yes. so when I was younger, we had a garden, right? And when we had a garden, we had weeds. Now, if the weeds would stay, the weeds would mess up the whole garden. So we had to pull up the so we had to pull up the weeds. We if, if, if we put up lime and everything else, right? Here it goes. And a lot of times, your negative people could be your family members, your friends. And it can be your significant other. And here's yeah. what I and here's what I tell people up front. If you're going to go in business and your business is just starting and it's not doing so well, right? I always tell people, and then if you're married to a, a wonderful woman or a wonderful man that's that's inside your life, right? I always tell my people when I was doing my business when I first started off, I says when I was married at the time, I said, listen to me, love my wife, but she is the CEO of my house. So when she wants something, food or furniture or whatever, she gets it. I am the CEO of the business. Mm -hmm. If I want to improve my, if to improve my business to go X, Y, and Z, that's on me right now. And that's not on her right now. Sometimes we tell people our goals and our dreams that God put inside our heart. You don't tell anybody that. You play it out. You only tell your mastermind, people who think like you, like-minded yeah. people, right? Who's like you because... Sometimes, so I give you a, a, a great example. I told somebody my goals. I'm like, oh my God, God told me this. They gave me a look like they thought I went cray cray. <laughs> right? And it's just, I'm looking at it, I'm like, really? Here it goes. Everybody wants you to do good, but not as good as them. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Bottom line. So your environment dictates your life. So if you have a negative wife or a negative husband and you're doing business, love them to death. But don't tell them about but don't tell them about your business because they're going to tell you something that that well, you're doing too much or you're spending too much money. And I had a great example. So there's one guy I was talking to. He said, Well, I like your business. I'm gonna talk to my wife. I said, Man, your wife's gonna tell you no. So what do you yeah. mean? Yeah. She wants to keep the money, not spend the money. <laughs> no, no, here it goes. I can make you crazy money, but she don't see that. I said it. She don't see it as no investment. She sees it as an expense out of her pocket. Yeah. So, so my biggest thing about it is negativity. That will kill your dreams. That will kill every aspect about you. That's why I tell people very few stuff. I tell people a little small stuff here and there. When people say, well, this was one time I got a coach. Oh, John, why are you getting a coach? You were, oh, you're a coach. I don't need, I need someone to kick my butt, man. Really? Yeah. Well, that's too much money. No, it's not. If she's going to make me go from A to Z further faster, I'm going to grab her. But if I do it on my own, but you'll save money. I'm, I'm not saving money because I'm not making the money that I should be making, right? So my biggest thing about it is negative people. To me, life is a garden. I, I wrote a book called Life's a Garden. And life is a garden, right? You need to figure out the weeds that's inside your garden. And sometimes it's your loved ones. You can still love them. It can be yeah. your brothers. Love them from a distance, but you can still love them. <laughs> but don't tell them what you want to do because they're going to crush it. Now, when you do it, Guess what? You can tell the world. They yeah. can grow rich. 141. Tell the world what you want to do, but do it first, including family members and loved ones. Yeah, it's not on the same page.
I think that 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 is um, certainly when when you start a business and people always think, oh, you're a bit crazy. Can you do it? And you, and and you have all that negative talk. You're right. It's it's. I learned that very early on that actually I'm just going to keep it to myself. And then I, if I do it, which I think I can do it, it's fine. If it doesn't work, you do something else, and I move on and move on. And you haven't got somebody in your ear saying, oh, you don't try that again. It didn't work last time, did it? Don't try. You know. So I think it's. I think those are two really powerful things to end on change your environment and stay away from negative uh people so dr john oder an absolute pleasure i can understand why people call you the ultimate business growth strategist it's been a pleasure it's i mean we've been on for what an hour and 15 20 minutes you feel like five minutes already (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could i could do it again i could do it again all over again so thank you very much and as i said when when this is going live We'll have links in, in, in there so that you can actually get hold of John and the link will uh, take you to a special um, that you'll get and you'll get a discount for uh, being referred from this podcast. So thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time. And I know that everyone's going to be absolutely jazzed to listen to this. Man, thank you so much, you guys. And God bless everybody. Bye for thank now. You. Whoa, don't go anywhere just yet. Just want to give a quick wrap up so at hands-on business podcast we try to really add value uh, and i think you'd have to agree that that was crammed full of really great takeaways that you can start to implement from the time you listen to this podcast so thank you very very much dr john odor um you know what we said was uh, at the outset that we were going to give you nine uh, key mistakes that every business is making that actually is losing their money and i think what you found is you got those nine but then you got a few more than that as well so i think that you'll really have benefited from this and what we're going to do at the end of that we said we're going to drop you some links in what we decided to do is do a slightly better offer so number one we're going to uh, give you the 10 percent off if you uh, want to speak to dr john on the basis of this podcast and but number two we started looking at you know what can we do so i've negotiated like some kind of jv venture so if you've got a venture that you want to work with dr john on and we can get a jv venture out of it then he's happy to do that for people on this podcast so we thought the easiest way of facilitating that is i'm going to drop in the link for my linkedin page you drop me a pm and then i will organize either the 10 percent uh discount on his services or the conversation for the jv so really looking forward to those uh, opportunities coming in so thank you very much for listening i know this has been crammed full of value i've enjoyed it i know john enjoyed it uh, and i'm hoping that you really got a lot out of it so if you enjoyed it use the rate this podcast link uh, in the podcast description to rate it and obviously five star ratings come in very handy and if you don't like it or you didn't enjoy it then keep that to yourself so thank you very much for listening keep growing and keep listening